0: Today, we begin the section on the Epistles. So let's first do an introduction on who Paul is because he wrote most of the Epistles. Then we do an introduction on what are Epistles, and then a short introduction on Romans. Now who is Paul? Paul is the most influential person to each of us, other than Jesus Christ. One third of the entire New Testament is about him or by him. Now, because of what he has written in the epistles, which is really the theology of the New Testament church, He has impacted our lives more than anyone else other than Christ. And because most of the countries of Europe and then subsequently America, Australia, etc. were Christian countries, they are also most influenced by this man, Paul. Now of all the episodes, there are 21 of them. Either 13 or 14 are written by Paul. Why do I say 13 or 14? The book of Hebrews, some debate it's Paul, some say it's not. Assuming he wrote Hebrews, then it's 14 out of 21. Now, who is Paul? Paul is a Jew born in a family, a Pharisee family, tribe of Benjamin. Okay? He was named Saul, named after the first king of Israel, who was a Benjamite, King Saul. And though he came from a Pharisee family, he was uh, born in a different kind of place, but we'll talk about that later. And this Pharisee was called by God to be the apostle to the Gentiles that is found in acts chapter 9 verse 15. let me read that acts chapter 9 and verse 15. but the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the gentiles and kings and the children of Israel so he was an apostle to the gentiles and to kings and we'll see that later he reached all the big shots okay many many governors and kings Caesars, and also to back to the children of israel now he's considered the 13th apostle in the sense like he was not the original 12. he never claimed to be one he never some people say he replaced judas but he never claimed that he knew he was not right for him to be one of the twelve okay Now, of course, most of you know that Peter was the chosen one for the Jews, particularly, but Paul also had a ministry with them, but particularly to the Gentiles, to kings and Jews. That's what Paul, Peter was to the Jews. (laughs) Now, he is the perfect person to be chosen because he's very multicultural. He is Greek in a sense, in his outlook, his thinking, He's Jewish in his religion. He's Roman in his citizenship. So he was actually perfectly prepared by God for this role to the Gentile world. So he's, shall we say, he's multicultural. Perfect man for reaching the Gentile world. Now how how did he become so multicultural? Bible says he was born in Tarsus. Now Tarsus is one of the major cosmopolitan cities of the Roman Empire on the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea, very near Antioch and uh, and uh, even I mean closer to the Israel side of the Mediterranean Sea. Now Tarsus was a big cosmopolitan center. And therefore, obviously, Greek was the language of use. Greek was the lingua franca at that time. It was like English is today. Any major city, there's a lot of English. So he probably grew up with a very Greek kind of education. Now, where's Tarsus? It's southeast Turkey. If If you know Turkey, it's in the southeast part of Turkey. So education, likely Greek then when at some stage of his life his family probably migrated pharisee family they migrated to galilee but while they lived in galilee they sent paul to jerusalem to study under a top rabbi called gamaliel so actually his religious education was under gamaliel in jerusalem okay so we see greek education as far as his secular education and a pharisee uh, a jewish uh, religious education in jerusalem but the interesting part is his father was a roman citizen we do not know how must have done something for the romans and he got citizenship so he was all the three uh, greek jewish and roman in a sense okay now He had a very radical conversion. I don't need to say that because everybody knows that story about him going with letters to persecute the the Jews who had become believers of Jesus Christ in Damascus. So he got letters from the uh, high priest to go to Damascus, persecute Jews in another country, right? Because he was so zealous for his Jewish religion a good pharisee pharisee of the pharisees that's what he called himself now as he was going to damascus a super bright light shone around him he fell to the ground he heard this voice "Saul, Saul, why persecutors thou me right and so he was he 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 was, had an encounter with the Lord in all his glory. And so he was saved in this radical conversion experience while he was still, uh, while he was an active persecutor of the Christians. In fact, he was one of those who was at the stoning of Stephen. He was one of the people who kept all the clothes of the Jewish people as they, they put their robes aside so they could take stones and throw at Peter at uh, Stephen, and he was one of them consenting, happily watching the martyrdom of Stephen, Christ- Christianity's first martyr, All right, That was Stephen. Now, can imagine getting saved while you are on active duty as a persecutor? You know, that was so shocking to him that God would save him of all people. God will come and face him of all people and choose him of all people to be his apostle to the Gentiles. Wow. Kind of irony there also in that, right? Now, so what happened to Paul after his conversion? For three days he was blind. He was blind. The the brightness of Christ in all his glory. All right. remember at the transfiguration christ's glory shone through his dress but this is different this christ had already risen up to heaven came down in greater glory you know and the brightness he said was brighter than the sun because jesus said i am the light of the world jesus made the sun All right. now for three days he was blind and when he regained his sight It says he was filled with the Spirit, he was baptized, and you know what the first thing he did? In Acts chapter 9, verse 20, he preached the gospel immediately in the synagogue to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. You see, Jews who are scholars have read everything about the Messiah, but somehow blinded on the spot that the Messiah is a suffering Savior. And when they see it, there's a huge conversion even today among Messianic Jews who suddenly realize we have been persecuting our Messiah. That's a radical change. So he became a preacher immediately. He preached so, so uh, seriously, so strongly in Damascus that he was going to be a victim of martyrdom. right? And so he had to leave Damascus. Now, what happened after Paul left Damascus? The Bible tells us subsequently he went, He spent three years in Arabia, the desert, alone. I think he just wanted time with God. Just to spend time with God. So his theology came from the scriptures he knew and also directly from God. Then after three years in Arabia, the Bible tells us, he couldn't go to Jerusalem because he was not—he was a, uh, considered a traitor by the Jews in Jerusalem. And so he was asked to go back to his home place, his birthplace, Tarsus. And he spent 10 years there. Not much is known what he did there. And then when the church in Antioch was formed, and as we learned in the book of Acts, the first multicultural church in christian history then we see paul went to antioch with barnabas to be like the guides of the antioch church right so it was all these years three years in arabia ten years in tarsus a couple of years in the antioch church before he went on his first mission trip sent by the church of antioch right so he was many 15 or more years in preparation for his missions the mission that god had called him to to be my apostle to the gentiles right now what kind of person was paul he's brilliant look at his writing is super logical clear right brilliant writing definitely brain of a phd plus plus He was, secondly, super-focused. He's. This is his uh, statement. For me, to live is Christ. That's all. All I want is to talk about Christ, 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 and the Gospel. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. Wow. It's only one mission for living, Christ. (laughs) Okay, that's called single-mindedness. And he's super bold because he said, Die, die. Die is gain. No big deal. I'll be with Christ faster. Right? So he only had one desire, is to meet the Christ he had met on the road to Damascus. You see, once you have that encounter with Christ, your life never is the same again. All you want to do is be with Him. Right? That's why i think he went to arabia for three years to get as close as he can to christ without all the people around him messing him up and distracting him and then his desire is lord i go home with you can can i go home fast right so that's why he was so different in romans chapter 1 verse 1 he introduces himself as a bond servant or slave of jesus christ he's a slave of jesus christ that's his what is his title? Some people say, oh, I'm a doctor this, or whatever, whatever. He's, you know me, slave of Jesus Christ. That's his introduction of himself. Now his mission strategy, we touch on that in the book of Acts, is basically he would go to a city, always a city, not a small town, because knowing from the city, the city can spread out, can reach out to the rural areas. He would go to the synagogue, that's the most obvious place he could find people he could talk to about God share Christ sometimes he would run out of the city chased out sometimes he wasn't if he wasn't chased out then he would start a community of share the gospel people get saved and he will start a community what we would call a church or ecclesia a community of believers and then after he has this community of believers which he trains to reach out to the surrounding area, the city to the surrounding area. Then, if he felt he was ready to go, he would go. Or if he was chased away, he had to go. And then, he did not just leave them alone, because often they were very new believers. He would then revisit if he had the opportunity of the second visit, the third visit, uh, third mission trip, or second mission trip. Or if he had no opportunity, in those days, not easy to travel, he would then write epistles, which is what we're going to read. These are the letters, basically, to the churches that he had uh, started. Maybe he wrote to encourage them about something or some problem he heard about them. Then he would write a letter to help them. If he revisited them, then he would probably appoint elders in each church, right? So that it could be properly... Run. When we use the word elders, they were not really that long in the faith, right? They may be like a little bit more mature than the rest. That's how the early church was and I think that's the right way to go. We don't need to be so expert on everything but depend more on the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's a little introduction on the life of Paul. Who is Paul? The man who wrote most of the epistles. Secondly, let's have a short introduction on what is an episode. An episode is just a letter, right? Just a high-class word for letter. Now, in the days where there was no postal service, letters were not common. Very expensive. You had to pay somebody to carry that thing to a certain person. So obviously, people didn't send letters for no good reason. it cost so much money so it was usually official letters right appointment of somebody the king would appoint some you know local guy to be the governor or something those kind of things or maybe a very wealthy person uh uh, wanted to announce that his son was getting married or his father died then they would send a letter right an epistle. so it was obviously for very official reasons or super rich person with an important announcement to make now most letters were very few words, simply because, right? Uh, people were not readers in those days. Most ninety-nine percent of people were illiterate; they couldn't read. Of course, if they couldn't read, they couldn't write either. Right? In fact, if ninety-nine one percent could read, maybe half a percent could write, and so. Even the, if ever there was a letter, there were very few words in it. Just a handful, you know, such and such died. You are appointed king. There's a seal there and you take it. A little scroll was brought to you by somebody, right? And most people couldn't write their own letters. So they were illiterate. Even kings were illiterate. So secretary, uh, uh, a scribe will write for you. Okay, so that's what letters were in those days. Now the letters, epistles were never used by any religion to teach the doctrine of a religion never never been done before christianity is the only religion where the major doctrines of our faith the new testament church is in letters all right that's most of our doctrine Our new testament doctrines are come from epistles, from letters right now this is kind of very very uh strange okay why why did god use letters rather than putting down his thing through a uh, through a uh, guru to a group of class uh, students taking notes and then writing it down in a proper note form why did god choose to use letters because god is a personal god letters are very personal from someone to someone god is our father right and that It's repeated over and over again we have a very personal god so letters are very personal secondly the letters often address problems so letters were addressing practical problems in churches god is a personal god and god is a practical god right now when paul wrote these letters he didn't know they're going to be part of the bible but without him knowing god was inspiring him to write inspiring means using him not uh, apart from him in using him and yet every letter though written in paul's character and paul's style every word was what god wanted it to be written that's a mystery of the inspiration of scripture now as paul wrote letters these are not the only letters these 14 or 13 letters paul wrote and the only ones he wrote i'm sure he wrote many more but god also inspired people to choose the right letters that he had inspired to be put into his inspired scripture, this beautiful book we are reading, right? And I believe too that God inspired people to arrange these books in the way that will be most beneficial for us to make this book the most beautiful book, to represent him, to show him to the world, right? So this is the mystery of this beautiful book. It's like nature, I don't know how it's created, but I can see the hand of God uh, behind it. All right? So it's very, very personal. Now, there are three types of epistles personal epistles, like to Timothy, to Titus, to Philemon. There, were, there was a general episode, that means just to the church, right? Any church could read it and benefit. The epistle to Ephesians is very much like that, it doesn't address any real problems. But, the rest of the Episodes were what we call Episodes Written because of a reason, right? So maybe Paul heard certain reasons of a, something happening in a church he had planted or he was concerned about, he would write, right? So those were the three types. Just a personal episode to encourage somebody, a general episode to help us understand what is good and right as, as uh, the Ecclesia, as the believers or addressing a problem, right? Three types. Now, how are the episodes arranged in our Bible? They're arranged from the long to the short. That's why Romans is the longest story, it's the first episode we're going to see, and the short ones are pushed to the back. Furthermore, the personal ones are tend to be more at the back, right? Though it's tend to be arranged in this kind of soup, I would call it a uh, convenient way, I believe there's still God's mysterious hand behind it now what's the structure of an episode what's the structure of it like typically they're quite simple right it starts with the name of the writer you know when we write a letter we put our name right at the back you sincerely at the bottom their style was right at the top because when you open the scroll you see who is this from right the scroll opens up this way so you see the name of the guy who wrote whether you want to receive the letter after that, after the name of the writer, right at the top is the address. So the, the postman or the, I would call him postman, the, the carrier would know who to exactly, uh, are you such and such? And he gives it to the guy. Then after that, it's greetings, right? A long I mean, people are very polite in those days, uh, sort of greetings. Okay? And then after that was the subject matter. So you see the, whatever the problem was. Then after the subject matter, then summary and then again greetings and then signature right because often it was uh done by a scribe who knew how to write properly but you probably knew how to scroll your 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 signature to say it's from you okay or your spam or seal i don't know what exactly they they used okay so basically that was what an episode is okay it's a very unique form of teaching our religion and we must appreciate right the fact that god taught us most of our doctrines, not like a lecture from an impersonal person but a personal letter written to us so when you read the episode read it like a letter written to you okay if you have read love letters from someone you love you keep reading over and over again you don't just You know you you really want to read it so that's basically what god wants you when you read episode that god's actually writing to you personally i think that's the reason why god chose this form of teaching us how uh, about our faith okay now so we've done the introduction to paul an introduction to episodes Let's do a short introduction to the book of Romans before we, in our next lesson, we enter into the book of Romans itself. All right, the book of Romans is definitely the longest; uh, it is the longest episode of all. Uh? Therefore, it's put right in the front. Okay. Uh, now, it's a very long episode. In fact. Some people say it's probably the longest letter ever written. In that time, (laughs) nobody has ever written a letter so long. Somebody counted it seven thousand over words. Right? I think in 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 the original uh, language, seven thousand over words. A typical letter was twenty words. Okay, so it's very long. Okay, and it's put in the first part of the episode. Because it's the longest but that's not the main reason right the main reason is it's the most important episode you see the book of acts talks of how the faith spread okay gospels the messiah comes the, the god jesus comes acts how the good news of jesus must spread and the good news of jesus is basically about one critical doctrine justification by faith right we are made acceptable to God by faith we are made just in the eyes of God by faith right and this is the crux this is the the gem of our faith okay and this is what got Martin Luther so excited. Martin Luther was always working he was a monk struggling to find acceptance with God and he realized the more he tried the worse it became until he read the book of Romans he was a monk he never really read the book before you know like like many christian preachers today they read every book except the bible right they, we always say the study of uh, the bible is not in the bible but of books around the Bible, and 99% of Christians get all their theology not from the Bible, from little devotionals, and theologians get it from theology books, and, and scholars get it from uh, uh, all kinds of scholarly texts. But very few actually see. It. When Martin Luther went into the Bible, he saw Romans, and it changed his life. And 500 years ago, the Reformation started, and changed our life today. We are. Children of this Reformation, right? So here we have this important book placed right there that and you want to spread out the faith. You want to bring the faith to the world, you know. Go, you know, and make disciples of all the world. In Matthew, it tells us that. And then you shall be my, you know, witnesses to the end of the world in Acts. And then witness of what? Of Christ. Yeah, but what did Christ do? he justified us right he paid the price for us the way to be accepted to God is not by our works but by faith in Christ's work in Christ's finished work right? so this is the beautiful book now because it is so beautiful in this theology of justification by faith many people thought the book of romans it was meant as a theology book in other words it wasn't really an episode paul didn't really write to a church because they had something to say to the church but they believe paul wrote it so that it would be theology left for future generations i don't think so i don't think paul did it i believe it was really a letter to a real church in rome which had real Problems. And we've come to study that in a while, right? And Paul wrote this letter to address those particular problems of that particular congregation. But yet in the process, the inspiration of God made it such that it's a gem for us today, 2,000 years later, miles and miles away from Rome. And yet it is so pertinent to us today as it was Pertinent to them two thousand years ago. That's the beauty of this amazing book. All right. Now, what was this church in Rome that he was writing to? Now, interesting part is Paul never visited. He most of Paul's episodes were churches that he had started, and he writes to them as a follow-up. But to this church in Rome, he had never been there. Okay. But who were these people if they had never been there? How did it start? Now, we know on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, there were people from Rome, it's stated. And they got saved and went back to Rome. There was a big Jewish congregation, uh, community in Rome. Historians say about 40,000 Jews lived in Rome at that time. You know, Jews are the traders. Rome was the capital of the world. How come there are no Jews there? Of course there are. So 40,000 men live in a Jewish ghetto. Jews always lived together because of their, you know, their food roof laws, and their, they couldn't mix with others. And so they started, these people who came back from Pentecost, started a church. And because they were Jews, they were always traveling and, you know, people came in, people brought the faith from Jerusalem back from other places. And this church grew, very strong Jewish church. But there was an emperor called Claudius and that's also stated in the book of Acts, I believe. When Claudius became emperor, he was very anti, very um, uh, anti-Jewish. And he expelled all the Jews, including someone called Priscilla and Aquila, which we will read about. And so when he expelled the Jews, the church now was basically made up of Gentiles because, you know, the Jews were gone. But Gentiles had been converted. At first, it was largely Jewish church with a few Gentile believers. But now the Jews have thrown out and the Gentile believers are left and they witness to their Gentile friends. And so if the Jewish, originally Jewish-type church, became mostly Gentiles. Then Emperor Claudius died. And after, that was five years after he expelled the Jews, he died. And the next emperor came in, Emperor Nero, and nero needed to build back the economy of rome and he needed the jews the jews are the best business people so he invited the jews back and many came right back and when they came back to the church they had left five years earlier my goodness it's now a gentile church full of gentiles and many of the cultural clashes between the gentiles now who didn't make much about their food rules of the jews didn't make much of the sabbath rest now there was a clash between them and so paul probably heard about it and was concerned and he wrote this book basically to tell them hey all these cultural things no big deal we are justified by faith we are one right the faith in christ makes us one that's the key thing that's a gem of our faith don't let the little things divide us right so Paul wrote this probably for them why did he write to them he's not even his people that's the next question you'll ask because it's important Rome is the center of the world and he wanted this important church in this important city to be in good shape Secondly, some said Paul was on his dream to move further west, you know, the Mediterranean Sea. The eastern side is Israel and all that, Lebanon and uh, Syria. He wanted to go to the end of the Mediterranean Sea, which is Spain. That was his dream. And he needed a base. Antioch was too far. So maybe he wanted to have a base, a mission base in Rome so that from Rome to Spain was not that far and that's why he probably wrote this book. Nobody knows exactly, all right? But the point is this, it was a letter to a real church which had real problems. And in the process of addressing it, he has left us the greatest gem of all, the theology of justification by faith, okay? And that's critical as the first episode. That's why it's place number one. Not because it's longest though. That looks like the apparent reason. Now, before we end this, we have to ask ourselves, why are we going to read all these episodes? Right? I hope you realize that from now on, we're going to go to episodes and they are letters. They are personal. Right? And I hope you know your God who wrote these letters to you is a personal God. For many of us, God is so impersonal. Somebody there. Right? In fact, when you address God a little bit too personal, people get offended. You know, because their prayers are thou and thee and thy. When they talk to God, you Shakespearean English. It's like a formal thing and they get very offended and you pray a very friendly prayer. I'm not saying you are irreverent, right? But you are reverent and yet realizing he's your heavenly father don't forget that heavenly is important you've got to know he's high up there but he's your father and that's very personal so i think when we get into the book episodes you realize god's very personal to you and to me secondly because episodes address practical problems god is a very practical god i hope you know that right christianity is not about you and i studying bible studies forever no it's about how we live right and god is as concerned about how we live in, rather, uh, as we how we know about him too many christians claim to know all kinds of verses but their life and their knowledge stone seem to be in sync, in synchrony. And so, as we look at the book of episodes, remember, your personal father wants you to live a practical life before men. God bless you.